Alright, so Brad Phillips is uh, the, the guest on my podcast today. Um, he wrote the book Essays and Fictions. Um, came out in 2018. I'm tyrant. Um, also just been a, a painter and an artist in the game for a minute. He was talking, he talked about it pretty early on. I think it's like 1996. Um, <clears throat> and we've been from Toronto. Um, I think it said he was born in Hungary on his Wikipedia page, but I can't, I didn't ask him about that. I should have asked him about that. But, um, yeah, we, we've been talking about, um, going in on a conversation for a minute. Um, I, I, I had been sitting, I've been, I read this book a minute ago, but then I also just went over it recently. Um, and, uh, we got into a lot of good stuff. I just ran the convo back. We got into a lot of good stuff about sharing, about what it means to write in a certain way that's, um, super intimate and immediate. Um, and kind of what I always be asking people, like, how he feels about the project being out in the world you know, a couple years removed, what, what he's interested in going in on now, um, um, how his art practice is now, and it got pretty out there. We got into a lot of good stuff about intuition and uh, um, pretty pretty heady stuff, like almost, yeah, but um, I'm feeling super good about the convo. Um, I'm psyched that Brad was down to talk, and um, shit, I was going to try to do a three-minute intro, but... Uh, Nah, it's uh, it's March 24. It's Wednesday. It's almost 10 a.m. Um, and uh, things feel out here in New York City. Things feel like they're kind of popping. We've had like two 60 degree days. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hope everybody good, and uh, I hope this convo is uh, is a slapper for everyone to listen to. Um, hell yeah, let's go. You got a vape? You all ready to go? Yeah, I got Gatorade and a vape. I seen from uh, Twitter dot Twitter that you're doing some, you're getting geared up, getting ready to talk. <laughs> that was. I awesome. gotta, I gotta hide my face, or else I can't do this. All right, we good now. I can only see you much better. That's all nonsense, man. No, I would good. Be- I would believe like seriously, like two percent of what I say online. What Brad said online was that. He did 50 push-ups. Can you hear that? This is going to be a shit show, dude. This street is so loud at this time of day. I'm going to close my window. Actually, right. I'm going to keep my window open. So I can... All right, I'm going to try not to smoke. Yeah, um, I, said I, called my, I said I called my chiropractor. Oh, you said you called your chiropractor? <laughs> I, I, I read that as your therapist. Yeah, um, I said that. I called my therapist. I called my mom. Let's see. I said I called my my chiropractor. I took extra clonazepam. Okay. I, I paced mindfully for ten minutes. I had a cold shower. I had traditional Chinese massage and did fifty push-ups. All of that's <laughs> all of that's bullshit. I just hung out with my wife and went for a walk. That's good. I I I I have been doing I've been doing a thing where I t- I try to take a cold shower for as long as I can when I need to do something. It's good though. I I do it sometimes too. It's good. I can only do like 10 seconds usually, but that's just... Yeah, it's pretty tough, man. Your balls shrivel up, and also it just feels horrible and traumatizing. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, dude, this has been a long a long time convo coming. Yeah. Um, so I'm way, I'm way taller than I look, too, when I'm sitting down. Oh, I know how tall you are. I, I, I was actually out yesterday 
near where I had seen you. I think the last time I saw you was out in like that little warehouse area by e or last time I saw you, I'm acting like I've seen you a lot of times. I think it's the only time I saw you. I met you. At Murmur? It wasn't at Murmur. It was like this little one, this little reading out in East Williamsburg, sort of, that like Nicolette was there and like Bud. Yeah, 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 for sure. Gideon was there. And Lynn, um, Lynn, uh, Lynn Tillman. Exactly. That's who it was. Okay, I was talking to someone about that recently. I was trying to remember. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn and Bud Smith and me and Nicolette exactly yeah i was yeah. out i was right out there yesterday and then i was like realizing i was a couple blocks away from there um let me ask you a podcast question because I've, I've only ever done one before with brad listy which one I've listened, which i've listened to dude it's three and a half days long so like is this you gonna like dictate this or it will be audio audio bro i just okay. gonna find the beginning if, if we were rambling too much in the beginning yeah throw it up the rambling, is, the rambling is the good stuff. Actually. That's true. I usually don't edit anything. I just tell people that so they feel more comfortable. Yeah, you can start whenever. But that thing I did with like uh, Lucian Smith, bro, yeah. like I, I was in a hotel and they were like, we're just going to set up the Zoom. Like everything's chill. And I was like, fuck the Safety brothers. And like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you were talking about that too. The only reason why. Oh, then they printed it all. That's hilarious. Damn. You have so embarrassed. Yeah. So embarrassed. And like me and Leo had just become friends in the last year. After that, he like stopped following me on Instagram. He like stop. Wait, <laughs> that dude me. who you were talking to? No, not Lucian. Oh, okay. Because I, I like I shit on the Safety brothers. And then I said how like me and Leo went out for lunch to talk about optioning a movie. And I guess that was like private conversation he didn't want published. And then he like stopped following me on Instagram and he was like, oh, fuck this guy. And Damn, was, dude. Whatever. But <laughs> you seem to be, yeah, you seem to be simultaneously not cursed with, but there's just so much stuff about how you present yourself or how much you share about yourself, whether it's what is even the self that you're sharing. Um, whether that could be something that's deliberate or I don't even know. It just seems relevant to a lot of stuff you talk about that whole story. Just doing either, like podcast and then. I will like, either say things that are like totally untrue or so true that no one should hear it. And then there's no middle ground. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that was interesting. When I was reading that interview, you sent me with, I start Lucian, uh, smith yeah um, i was like realizing that despite having read a bunch of your moo moo house pieces and your book i yeah. feel like a whole nother world of your career that like i don't know enough about that's fine just to, just don't worry about that that being the art like art shit you've been doing i mean obviously you talk about it a little in your book but you've been going in on on different types of selling different types of art painting yeah photographs too not really so much okay. only one i want to only when i'm desperate for money but i don't know i guess since like 1996 okay I, started, I took like i had a, like my first show in 96 and then and then i like i kind of like leached off my ex-wife and then i started like showing my work like pretty consistently in like 2000 so now it's okay. like been 20 years okay wow okay so 96 
that's pretty young. You were like 23. I was like, yeah, I was 22 then. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And then 2000. All right. Okay. You're like 28. Okay. Um, so something happened between you leaving your house at 17 and then between 22, you're able to start going in on stuff. Yeah. Like I, I live in this punk rock house for a few years where it was like, I don't know, it was like an eight bedroom house and these bands would come through from like Berkeley, like a lot of like post punk bands and shit. Toronto? What's that? This is in Toronto. Yeah. In Toronto. Like, so we had like the hardcore hotline in our house where you could like call and find out where hardcore shows were. Okay. And then like, I don't know, like bands would come through like Fugazi played like all ages show in our basement. And so I just kind of like, for those few years, I just, I lived there and I just like couch surfed for a bit. And then I got into art school and then that lasted for like about six months. And then I just like latched on to a girl and taught myself to paint and uh then i just started showing paintings but like okay yeah we've talked a little bit about what you're um yeah i don't know i, I okay so i actually <laughs> i i killed the last like 50 pages of your book don't yeah. fucking judge me bro i'm sorry i've obviously known about this book for a long ass time but like recently <laughs> after i went out to italy so it was pretty funny reading like the penultimate chapter like talking yeah, about you yeah, going yeah. Out to italy but <laughs> i don't know how much you want to talk about stuff from the book or actually i think i had i wrote down some things that were like interesting like all right which maybe they won't be from um or like maybe yeah but you were what you were telling me like you feel kind of like um how you feel about the book now i mean i haven't read it since it came out like I used to always call bullshit on like actors who've been like, I never watch my movies anymore. Right. But to me, it's like, I started writing the stories for Gian in like maybe 20, 2015. So now to me, it's so old. And right. I feel like for one, I'm a way better writer now. And also some of it, it feels a bit embarrassing to read. Okay. You know, because it's like pretty personal. For sure. And also, I'm just like, like, dude, dude made a pot, dude made an audio book of it, and I can't bring myself to listen to it because I don't know how you are, but like, for me, like when I read, like I'm very specific about like pausing certain places. Okay. And I don't know how dude read it, you know? Who who's so, it? Um, oh, 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 dude who runs a, a podcast. Yeah, like Chris, yeah. Chris who does talking book is a great guy but he hired like a professional narrator which gotcha. like what the fuck that's a job in the first place um but mostly i don't know i just it's old right like for sure and i'm just like pretty much always about like what's the next thing for sure i mean but i feel like you made you make some well first yeah first off i thought it, i think is i don't know it's just it's a wild it's a wild wild rip it set the bar pretty high in my brain of I mean, it just goes in. I felt like it was also sweet and like, it was also funny. Um, um, and I feel like you make a lot of like, or the narrator makes a lot of like declarative statements about, like I'm saying, like stuff about sharing or what, what, what doing art is. 
And I feel like it could be interesting, like, not like I'm going to talk to you about them, like they're in a vacuum, but like, yeah, whether we still like what you think about them. Cause I don't know. You said like, um, like, okay, here's something I was thinking about today was like, I thought it was interesting. Like at the end of the book, when you were talking about, um, when you were talking about, um, when the narrator is talking about his dad, his dad passing in the moment in that really long italic section, which is super fucking yeah, yeah, powerful, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he talking about like, um, just like, or you, I don't know, like you talk about kind of doing art to like get out of your body or like, it's sort of like you're anorexic, you're like shedding parts out of you, or you almost like feel like uh, he, he uh, envious of him when he doesn't have to be like, um, oh, <laughs> way down alive way down by his organs and shit and also in the more recent stuff you've been writing like i don't know i don't want to um but just like feeling the weight of that like our bodies and shit and then i was in a class and uh someone brought up this benjamin you know the dude benjamin walter benjamin oh yeah 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 of yeah, yeah. He, he got this line in like storyteller which he says like you can only really make like real art like at the moment you're about to die like you know yeah you know, and like sometimes I, and then I, I always thought of that. Um, I, uh, I always thought of that quote in that way. Like, in order to be ready to rip something, you kind of have to go like, all right, well, if I die soon, yeah. like, what would I rip? You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. But then, like, so the teacher who was talking about it today was like, he was saying like he interpreted that totally differently, where he was like, if you put death into a story, that changes the circumstance of the story. Like, he didn't think about it like that at all yeah so i was like have i just been like selectively interpreting that that way or like is that even true yeah um i don't know what do you like but the problem is you you write like that and then you're still alive you got to live with the book being out you know what i mean all right i know (laughs) and the thing is like people keep you know it's like you write a book and so people come to it fresh all the time and so so to them it's like brand new and they want to talk to you about it and you get all these dms and like but in terms of like Benjamin, like, I don't know, if you take a like a very broad view, we're always about to die, potentially, you know, like a meteor could hit you right now on Zoom sure. and I'd be like, oh shit, there goes Sean. Sure. You know, or like I could have a fucking aneurysm. So I think it's it, the idea of like, I don't know, mindfulness is a bad played out term, but essentially we're always potentially about to perish. Right. You know? So for me, it's like, you know, you write at the end of the world or you write in this sense where every single every single word you write could potentially be the last word that you write, you know? You do write like that, you feel. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel I, that urgency in how you write. Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's how everyone writes, though. No, I mean, everyone, a lot of people write thinking about their next book deal or like, not to say I don't think about book deals, like, fuck, sure. of course I do, I'm not an idiot. But, you know, people are thinking about the reception of the book, whereas I'm thinking about, like, will I finish this story without burning my life down? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because I do burn my life down. <laughs> That's another thing when I've been sharing uh, writing with people and then getting people's different interpretations of it. And a lot of times the stories are of characters in, like, super desperate situations. Yeah. Someone gave me some feedback one time where they're like, is he just in a desperate situation or is this just, like repeated self-sabotage and that felt like that felt like a shot like not even to the character i was like i had to reevaluate my whole stance when someone said that to me you know i feel like when people talk about self-sabotage 
there's a there's like a level of condescension in that i feel like you know like there's a certain type of writer who writes about sadness and loneliness and they associate it with self-sabotage but ultimately for me it's that like death is just lurking around the corner all the time and we're we're totally powerless over that so it's a slippery it's a slippery slope to walk this cliche between a kind of like Bukowski-esque right. corniness, but also the awareness that um, life is fleeting and these moments of happiness ultimately always end. And these moments of like deep, deep sadness where you feel like, you know, I want to die, that also ends. Right. So it's kind of like riding within that space of, uh, I don't know, just a sense of like deep isolation and the desire to also connect at the same time to like, to like keep tethered to the world, you know? For sure, dude. Um, because you talk, well, you talk about the fact that, I don't know, we're getting mad, we're getting existential right away. But like, you talk about the fact that like, you you know, you could die and probably your experiences that you talk about in the book, like have contri- everyone's personal experiences contribute to how they uh, think about like the proximity of like dying or whatever but because another thing Benjamin says like right before that I was just looking at it because it came up and I and I it's a storyteller it's a, I mean it, it's a good essay but um he says like everything in life especially in modern life like so much of all of our constructions are to convince us that we're not gonna die do you know what yeah. I mean so yeah. it's like so it's like and part of the art I don't know like if you think of it now like well, I don't know. I don't want to get into anything, but a lot of stuff are like, yeah, like trying to prevent us from thinking that that's a reality. But I guess, I don't know. Do you feel like the, you feel like you've been helped? Cause you're also diving into stuff in a super brave way. You feel like, or you feel like it helped you. Do you feel, you talk about how you can't sleep in that book, which I related to. Like, do you feel like you're doing better since having written it or it's more different? No, I'm the same. I don't feel better or worse. I always ask this question to people. (laughs) Take a break because you're like, you look shredded, bro. Like you're like, that's, you look, you look cut. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, dude, I don't know. It's fucking warm out here, dude. It's like 60. Um, But maybe that's part of it. I mean, I, I feel like doing things you were joking but doing things with your body to try to be better yeah stay better right yeah i mean the idea of like to me the idea of writing to cure oneself is a corny idea um the idea of catharsis and like if i get this stuff out of me i'm gonna feel better ultimately that you know that's a falsity um you know i think i don't know if i wrote about in the book but like you know, when I was like deep into being an artist, I had a show in 2007 in, in Switzerland. Yes. And I had a really, really, really bad year. And I put all my hopes into this show. Um, and I was like, if I sell the work, I'm going to feel better. And then, you know, within a half an hour of me hanging the show, I sold everything. And I felt so crushed because sure. it didn't make me feel better, you know? And so like... Sure if you're writing with the hopes of like, this will be like a cathartic fucking exorcism of my demons. Like, yeah, I feel that that's kind of a naive place to work from because, you know, I wrote this book 
it came out in 2019 subsequently i've had like multiple fucking breakdowns and like you know fucked up my life um but okay. the stuff about the body is stuff that i've i mean i don't know to go deep into like obscure psychiatry is that there's a lot of stuff right now in psychiatry about like uh neuralistic reprogramming and uh okay. like learning about how to use your body to exercise trauma and so okay. that's stuff that really interests me a lot but it's it's kind of difficult to talk about okay yeah okay, okay. all right but you do uh like a different type of physical exercise yeah yeah like my whole life like you know every doctor i had would tell me if you just exercise it will help your depression and i would always just kind of dismiss them and then maybe like three years ago i started working out a lot and i realized oh this actually works you know and oh, yeah. uh because certain people like with certain with certain psychiatric disorders you don't release natural endorphins exactly the way that the, the way that normal people do right so for me I started exercising Jordan also yeah. exercising and we were like, okay, well, if I can control my body, that means that I, I have control over my mind. So you start to rewire circuitry. Um, totally. Like this is like in dialectical behavioral therapy. Like if you feel extremely overwhelmed mentally, if you like splash cold water over your face, you, you initiate this thing called like the mammalian dive reflex where it's like, you feel like you're going to die. So you like put yourself yeah, underwater. Yeah. You know that stuff. Right. So I've been interested in that kind of like body activated, like uh, psychiatric attempt to deal with trauma through the body. For sure. Yeah. I was, that's exactly what I was talking about with uh, I just started doing it again too, where I, I do, where I try to uh, breathe under like super cold water. Just yeah, like try to do like 10 breaths, but it's like, yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, my shit begin, I get in, like inflamed and stuff a lot too. But that reminds, yeah, it was making me think of um, Castro's, uh, was, uh, was talking about that Mishima book, Sun and Steel. And he, it's like all about that dude having that realization, like halfway through his thing about yeah, yeah, yeah. your body, you, your thoughts are, are across your body. Yeah, you had that one line late in one of the chapters that was like, talking about like you be used to be used to like hoop in high school and stuff and like we're yeah, athlete yeah. and we thought of like a different uh, alternate uh, alternate course yeah and i'm sure like, <laughs> you know, the stuff i've been researching for this new book is like i believe i actually do believe that there is like a different brad phillips who has like lived out that life and is like currently living out that life you know and, okay like, but i imagine like there's a reason that you have cold showers right or like you dip your head in cold water it's like a reset it's like constantly like resetting yourself um to this place of like a lot of what i learned is is that our bodies are wired in this way that had a function thousands of years ago so like for right. me if i have trauma um in the past it would be like okay here's a tiger what the fuck am i going to do about this tiger it's going right. to eat so I either like shit my pants and piss myself and run right, or, or I play dead. But now there's no tiger anymore. But I still have this response to trauma from the past where I am like deeply, deeply terrified. Yeah. So these, these instincts that are wired into our DNA no longer serve a functional purpose contemporarily. But I still am beset by like 
ancient, ancient, ancient reactions. You're, you're the, the trauma is a tiger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, there's no trauma in the, there's no tiger in the room, but yeah. I perceive a tiger all the time. Yeah. I don't Damn. know if that makes sense. I don't know if that it does. Makes it does make sense. Um, it's like, yeah, the idea of, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that when the book when a book comes out, like, um, shit's gonna be solved or whatever. Like, uh-huh. I, it's kind of like it's kind of like I see people doing like a, a damn like, a publisher's marketplace like post, and then they're like thanking everybody. Like, I couldn't like it's like an award show speech. Yeah. I'm always like worried about that. I'm like, that's gonna hit him in like a year. That like, yeah, yeah. it just keeps going. You know, yeah. it just keeps going. But um, one thing that's been kind of strange is like getting DMs from people who are like, "Oh, your book, like, I went to rehab because of your book," or like, "Your okay. book helped me to deal with this." And I'm like, "Well, fuck, it didn't help me, but I'm glad it helped you." You know, but I'm still suffering with the same thing, and ultimately they'll begin to suffer with it again as well. Right. You know, because I'll, I don't know, like maybe I'm just in like a pessimistic kind of mindset, but sure. To me, like suffering is sort of the, the baseline, you know, and it's interesting that story, like just to like tangentially talk about that story about like the protagonist who is obviously me, um, yeah. like chilling with the corpse of my dad. Um, for sure. In reality, what happened is that I hadn't talked to my dad for three years and then when he died, I found out he was literally living in like three buildings up from no me. fucking way, dude. <laughs> but we were just both inside getting high. <laughs> Damn, you guys never crossed path. That's no. crazy. I know, I know, I know. And on the autopsy that I got, because I was a Mexican, it was like a fifty-year-old male found dead in the apartment of two teenage girls. And at the same time, and I was like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> damn dude <laughs> wow um, okay yeah i don't know it's wildness man. okay but know. you have to but you but you have to do but you feel it feels good when you th- when you hear that it helps somebody oh absolutely like you have to believe in that right or else why yeah, 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 like yeah. that yeah oh no for sure like there i feel like really grateful and i feel so happy when people write me and they say like i identify with this or i feel less ashamed of my addiction or i feel less ashamed of my sexual predilections hell yeah like for me that's so 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 meaningful like in a really like i'll even sound mad corny i don't even really care like that really touches me actually hell yeah yeah it's beautiful Cause I've yeah. gone through a lot of different, or I don't know if I think even just thinking about sharing stuff or whether or not to share stuff. And I, I go through, like, I feel like I've shed a lot of like earlier things of like, ho- uh, of like things I thought would happen once a certain thing happened. But I feel like that, I don't yeah. even care if a lot of people hate it. I just like, if it's like some people, if it helps, I don't know. I feel like the ones that sounds corny too, but if like there are ones who need it and then they will yeah, help, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. like, that's like, that's like the one thing that, stays we'll see that'll probably get washed that'll probably get flushed out with time yeah i I don't don't know know. dude there's a purity there's a real purity to that and like when i moved to i when i moved out to vancouver like and i don't know i don't want to out my friends but you'll know you'll know some of them it's like if you're like an addict 
like you're a part of it, like a tribe, you know what I mean? So like if people read the book and they write me and they feel like, okay, like you helped me or um, I was able to talk to my partner like about how I'm using or like how I relapsed yeah. or like, even if I'm still struggling with the same problems or I've even gotten worse, if, if like some fucking 18 year old in Vermont is like that story, like helped me to feel less alone. Um, I like feel like profoundly touched by that, you know, like yeah. in the real way. Yeah. Yeah. I think like anytime you're repressing stuff, like, or people are repressing stuff in like a gnarly way, like, or just like, you know, like shame, that shit's all feels unanimously good to try to get past that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you said, you said you're not doing art stuff, but you, did you do a show recently or? Yeah. I just, I just finished making work for a show in Los Angeles. So okay. I just away. And I mean, I don't want to say I'd like, I, like, I don't like art. I do. Um, I just, I've been doing it for so long and I've had experiences with things I thought I wanted when I was younger, which is like fame and fortune and like, be photographed and be in a magazine and, right. and ultimately like those things have always left me wanting so what for me if I don't feel challenged then I feel bored so with art I know I can make money making pictures but it doesn't feel challenging the way that art the way that writing feels very challenging to me yeah and the way that writing feels exciting to me yeah yeah and art doesn't feel exciting to me it feels like and that's cool like it feels like a job you feel okay but that's pretty sick that you could just make a show happen like that yeah like i still don't have a boss you know i still don't yeah. pay taxes on that shit so like i'm really grateful that i have that that i can do both things but ultimately it i don't feel challenged by it but i'm still very grateful that i can do it and then so you feel like your primary artistic grind is um is writing yeah what, yeah what's like uh you you're pretty far into a thing you're going in on yeah yeah like pretty deep into it like crazy like stuff i never thought about before um because i didn't want to and i don't want to like i'm not like trying to disparage people that stick with like auto fiction because it's a very interesting you know form of writing but for me it's like anathema to repeat myself and also yes. i felt there is a lot of weird when I wrote this book, there was like a lot of weird like boundary crossing with people who would write me. Okay. They would, they would associate me with the protagonist, which randos you don't know. Boundary yeah, crossing. Yeah. 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 And be like, Oh dude, like you're so important to my mental health. They're like, when I had a show with my wife, Christine in Los Angeles, like this couple fucking drove from Portland to oh, have man. to like, autograph their book. And like, you know that's also it's sweet and it's also creepy and uh <laughs> for sure so I, and i just thought like for one i don't have anything more to say about being a drug addict or like being my right. so i thought like what's the opposite thing and the opposite thing was make up characters make up places research things from the past write a kind of like historical fiction sci-fi book I don't okay know. you write in third person yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. And then you feel like essays and fictions is squarely in what you think of as autofiction? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause you got good bars too. Cause you also say that like, I mean, I guess sometimes you're being a little tongue in cheek, but you're also saying, you know, every, this all writing is fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah you yeah. say, um, you just told me the story of what happened with your dad differently. Now you wrote it. You got that piece where you go out to set say, and, uh, everything's going smooth and then you just murk a guy in the trees which i think i know i know that area <laughs> kept going it looks exactly how you look at it and just I, I, it's funny because i anyway i was there recently but um i know and like gian when i went to like when i did go to set say gian laughed he was like dude you think i have a porsche like what the fuck but, <laughs> and then certain people will read the book and they will believe that it is entirely autobiographical and then they'll be like you know, that story's written in the same kind of manner and style. And they'd be like, whoa, wait, you killed someone. That's not true, right? <laughs> Just the, 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 the self-snitch in the book? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so mainly, okay. One, but, thing, um, I say, one thing I just wanted to say quickly is like, so the story about like being with my dad, for me, that was a way to like my dad committed suicide. So like for me in an ideal world, that's what would have happened. Right. Is that I would have found his body. I would have done dope with his dead body. I would have hung out in his place because I never got to reconcile his death. So right. that was a way to kind of like imagine an ideal scenario. Absolutely. But that's not, but then that's like, isn't that kind of fiction? Yeah, it's totally it's fiction. It's called essays and fictions. I'm reading right into both of them. But yeah, and that was the thing is like <laughs> Gian will take credit up the ass. Like he loves it that that was <laughs> that that was his title. Essays and fiction was his idea. Oh, okay. It's, it's a perfect title for the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess just with the whole with the whole auto fiction stuff is like, like, um, I mean, it's kind of uh what what am i gonna say on on the record and not we're pretty far into like anyone who's still listening is like a trooper so it doesn't <laughs> matter um so like well it's just interesting because i like writing that presents like it's the author yeah talking which is like pretty like i enjoy writing that does that because yeah. then it's it does a weird thing in your mind where you're like you can imagine the writer trying to work stuff out about their life, which is how I imagine reading your stories. I don't, I don't go like, oh my God, he killed a guy in Setsei or he did that. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I can imagine how you're working out. And that's super interesting to me. Um, and I don't assume that everything is what they did, but like, I'm in a, I'm in a thing. I'm in a, like, I'm writing about, in my next shit, I'm writing about like being about to go, go to a, program or something that i'm in yeah. <laughs> so everyone thinks like everyone's like oh when are you gonna talk about i don't know like how much is it do you think there's that i guess what i'm asking is do you think there's that big of a difference between and maybe i'm just lying to myself what you're doing in the other one versus what you're writing now because if it's not about something personal obliquely i don't know how interest interesting it would be for you to write in the new one, unless you are totally trying to imagine other things, other lives and other existences. I mean, I touch on things in the first book, like identity and kind of like the instability of self and stuff. And those things do genuinely interest me. So in this new book, 
I kind of just went deep into those like ideas and I feel like I'm not super familiar with science fiction, but science fiction seems like a pretty convenient skeleton to hang philosophy off of. Okay. So, and I'm really interested in quantum physics. Um, oh, damn. So, and also like paranormal stuff and like reincarnation and like these kind of spiritual things that I've always been interested in. So, um, you know, if you excise like drugs and sex and all this shit, shit um still it is stuff it still is stuff that's really interesting to me in a personal way yeah it's like i'm not afraid to die because i've had experiences with death so it's about like uh basically it's like me reconciling the like the confluence of like eastern philosophy and quantum physics and like what is death and my experiences like smoking dmt and like being in another fucking world and and having deja vu and having precognitive experiences and believing in my heart and I will sound like a whack job that I believe that there are like infinite versions of myself in the universe um (laughs) okay so I'm trying to write about it like some butterfly effect shit no it's like uh oh it's so hard to talk about but like quantum physics is the idea of of like internal inflation so like the big bang is not a thing that happened. Whereas the Big Bang is a thing that's happening every single second. So Sean Conroe, like you, I don't know, like you hit the vape, right? I don't know what you did. And then there's a version of you that didn't. And that version has now gone on to live a different narrative. Oh, damn, dude. Yeah, so. (laughs) That's stressful. I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. You only got to worry about this one that you're in. The, okay. other, the other Sean is like doing it on his own. That's like when you make an action and then you, or like you do a send or something and then like you yeah. regret it right after. I'm trying to just like exact moves and never yeah. think about it. Yeah. Like this book I'm reading right now, like Deja Vu. This is so it's like, called Deja Vu? No. Oh, oh, no. You're reading a book about that? You're reading a book about that? Well, I'm reading about deja vu in the context of quantum physics. So like, okay, as far as like physicists understand, de- this is like super hard to explain and like oblique, but deja vu is, I'm going to use you as an example. Okay. So Sean, Sean, there's a, there's a version of you that exists in an alternate universe and you, you are like, <laughs> that, that version is like five seconds ahead of where you are. So that version has like passed by a person smoking a safe already. Okay. And then you pass by that person and through like a rip in the space-time continuum, you receive that information and you recognize that experience as being real because it is real to you, but it's a different you. How does that how does that awareness help you live differently? Um it I don't know that it does. Okay. I mean, or why, why, yeah, what about that idea excites you? It excites me because it makes me believe that intuition is God. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Like, there's, a, there's, a, there's a physicist named Eric Warbo, and he talks about how artists, like, I don't know what it's like for you. Like, I will get ideas out of nowhere. There okay. is no like, idea time for me between one and two, you know? So he uses an example of how artists are more inclined to experience precognition and his theory is based on what's a pretty like well-known theory now about the multiverse 
so fuck this is so esoteric but like no but it's super interesting i like it's interesting to me okay so i'm an artist i've been an artist for a long time i will have an idea that i can't explain but i will be certain that the idea is a perfect idea yeah and i will i will make that painting right so in this idea in physics is that there is a brad phillips who exists in the future who has already made a painting and then that information mm. relayed back to me and when i have this idea uh, the reason it seems so perfect to me is that there is a version of me in the future who has already made it and felt satisfactory about it okay or like how when people when people tend to say they uh they have precognized future things like people will always talk about really large events like i saw 9-11 i saw xyz kennedy shooting right the theory in physics is that they didn't see it but a mundane version of themselves read about it in the newspaper mm. in the future mm. you know what i'm saying like i don't know if that makes sense I don't know if that last part totally makes, or I don't know if the tangible part of it makes sense, but what does make sense or what's interesting to me is that feeling of like intuition, being intuitively locked in or suddenly knowing what you're doing in a way that feels like it's already been there. Yeah. The, the yeah. idea's already been there. Like, I feel like when I was younger, I would like beat myself up or I would think I was trying to write or something, or I hear people say this a lot. And like every day they like sit down and like try to write. Um, write uh every day like a quota or something i do this version of this rant and like a lot of whatever but yeah. i have i i feel like lately like i'll know of like three four things that i'm gonna write and yeah. i'll like just sit on him sit on him and then like i've been i feel like becoming a better writer isn't like necessarily about like writing better but it's about being more aware of yeah. like when the exact time to rip it is yeah and every yeah. now and then it'll be like a bunch of things will be happening i'll be like it's almost there it's like i could try to take it now and then suddenly it's like some night or something and i'm like kind of almost in like a like ecstatic state i feel like i'm in yeah yeah, yeah 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 and yeah and then yeah. like i know i'm like that's it you know yeah, yeah. It feels and like something intuitive and not necessarily visual plane to me yeah like you know like this show i just made I was very confused. Why do I want to make these images? But I've been doing it long enough that I trust myself. And then maybe, maybe in like a few months, I'll understand why these images were important to me. Right now, I don't. Um, but eventually, it will click, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's what it's about." And so, when people, you know, certain artists already plan out their things, but for me, painting is like hyper intuitive. So. I'll make an image and not know why the fuck I'm doing it, but it just feels so perfect. And then later on, I'll be able to articulate, oh, that's why it's good, you know? So right. I have come to just really believe that like, and when I used to give talks at, at, at art schools, I would say, whatever idea your brain tells you is the most stupid one, do that one, you know? Damn. Just do that one. The one you don't understand, that's the one, you know? Okay yeah you feel like painting is more intuitive than and there's also room for failure there like right. yeah i mean I, I think a big part of being a good writer or being a good uh, being a good artist is that if you're not willing to fall on your ass and fail you'll never make anything of any real value you know for sure yeah you got to be willing to just fucking blow it 
and I do all the time, you know? So you're writing about those kind of ideas in your new shit, you feel like, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to write a fucking book that's, like, you know, narrative and stuff, and I am, but inevitably, like, just, I just, I just kind of go off on, like, these kind of, like, tangents about the nature of existence and, like, the futility or, like, the extreme difficulty of human connection and, okay, you know, um, the frangibility of love and, like, ultimately, like, I feel like the human condition the default human condition is like intense fear and so we are always trying to ameliorate that sense of fear of being alone and so um that's kind of the default of everything i write is that life is inherently very difficult we had no choice in the matter but here we are you know do you feel like uh uh human connection uh authentic human connection is possible yeah yeah okay okay um Okay. Okay. One thing, one idea I had that was interesting from your book was the talk you gave, uh, transcription of a talk you gave, or at least that's how it's presented in the book about like social media and uh, uh, privacy. And then um, you talk about, you say everything, I said a version of this earlier, but everything, everything I say, every present, every artwork is some type of um, performance. Um, yeah. Um, which I told, and then you go, but then you're simultaneously cutting it up that talk with the story, or maybe that's part of the talk with the story of meeting this woman Lazara, yeah, and then meeting online, and then kind of breaking past the public element of that relationship into a, a more private relationship, but yeah. then at the same, and then it kind of seems to be setting up a thing where like my presentation as an artist is this type of performance, but there are other ways that you can have a private intimate connection but then at the same yeah. time you're saying that like it's it's very mystifying what once that relationship um by the narrator goes forward because a lot of the things that he thought would attract her or repel her attract yeah. her um i guess i'm because i people always say this someone said this about my sorry it's a long rant but someone says about my writing where it's like sometimes it feels like he's sharing and disclosing stuff to me the narrator because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a yeah. first yeah. person sometimes it feels like he's performing to me i hope they don't hear this because yeah. it's only like shots but it's like yo everything is performance and that's okay yeah. i feel like yeah even, yeah yeah it is even yeah. to each other yeah yeah okay yeah i mean i think everything's inherently performative like you know other than perhaps like moments of like extreme ecstasy or extreme you know um emotional distress but i don't think that there's a kind of like negative connotation to the idea of like that we're performing but right i feel like the nature of being alive is kind of performing because we are constantly having to adapt to scenarios and in doing that we have to perform a person you have to perform a sean that fits um and in that particular story like that's all true but I had to, out of basically out of fear of being judged about perversion, I had to frame it within the context of like I'm an academic talking about sex. <laughs> For sure, and that's that's a part of a performative choice of presentation yeah. that you made. I don't yeah. know because I'd almost take it further. I'd almost take it further where I'd say like 
if you acknowledge that other people are performing and you only have the appearance of them off of which to base what you think of them, if you yeah. sort of dwell on that appearance or that object, almost like objectifying in terms yeah. of looking at the objectness and what you can physically see with your eyes, yeah, I think that actually leads to more possibility for connection because you're not assuming that you know them. Me too. I believe you know that. You know what I'm too. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Super I counterintuitive. Do. But yeah, yeah, I know. And it's, I think it's confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, but say in the context of like, you know, of sex, you can perform narratives. Um, that doesn't mean those things are true outside of the sexual experience. But I think that in that way, performance can be like very healing. Like if you have a particular fetish, like you can perform that, you can like role play that. Okay. And the minute, the minute it's over, you go back to just being a couple that's but, actually yeah but within the theatrical experience of playing right. a fetish or a fantasy you can kind of like help each other and like help each other heal you know um like if i as a child felt very 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 powerless which i did um if my like sexual performance per se is to be in control then yeah. in that moment i feel like i'm reclaiming a sense of control once that moment's over, I go back to being Brad Phillips. I still feel powerless and I feel like I don't have a lot of control, but incrementally I start to be, I start to regain a feeling of like, I can control environments. And if you have a partner that is, you know, like for me, you know, when I met Christine, it was that experience of like deep human connection. And we both are like, you know, we can help each other. And I don't just mean sexually, I mean like in right. every way. Right. And, and when, like also, it's, it's rare for me, but like when I met Giancarlo, I also felt, and I think he did, or else, unless he's fucking like, wants to bully me right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> which who knows, but like, when I met Giancarlo, I felt like I, I love this person with all my heart. Like, I love him so deeply. I, I accept everything about him. Who knows why, you know, maybe I knew Giancarlo in a past life, or maybe just Giancarlo and I like connect on some fucking like you know, atomic level where I feel like I love Giancarlo to the end of time. I couldn't tell you why. I like this past life shit that we, we, we've been talking about because I've been thinking about a thing about some shit my mom's always talking to me about, but like, like every, you know, like every seven years, your body resets, your body, your, yeah. your skin regrows. So like yeah. I often think about, and then every 12 years is like some cosmological reset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my mom makes this case that like every seven years, your like body is like doing similar things. Yeah. Um, and then every 12 years, like the, in the macrocosmic level, some similar shit, this is getting out there. We're getting into some witchery. That's but, okay. Um, but um, I've been thinking about that where I'll go back. I'll think back on like, seven years i don't know like i'll think back on like events from like i'll notice myself doing similar going into similar aspects of myself like according to some type of cyclicality and then like yeah, 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 yeah. those connections is interesting but at yeah. that point the degree of artifice and like layering that i'm doing is such that i don't feel like i don't know i guess just with the auto fiction not auto fiction binary like i don't feel that I feel like I'm making so much shit or going off of a sudden memory of one way of telling it where I don't yeah. really feel like it's ever really like an all encompassing me because no. I don't think I have an all encompassing me. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there is no you per se. You know, like, uh, I, I don't know. I got I got like a scholarship to do my master's, which I, you know, I blew. Um, but it was on autobiography studies. And I read oh, a lot. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I fucked it up. They wanted me to teach. And but the thesis was too hard because it was like Deleuze and all this shit. I don't oh, damn. Um, yeah, who knows what that motherfucker's ever saying but you know there's a lot of ideas in narrative in uh narratology which is that the sense of self that we have is a story we tell ourselves about our right. lives right? right so we tend to exclude shame um how long it took you to wipe your ass one day after a gnarly dump um <laughs> right, right but one thing that's really one thing I'll just say really, <laughs> one thing that really one thing that really stuck with me is uh I don't know if you've ever known anybody who's had dementia or Alzheimer's and they forget your name Damn. and stuff is that the typical response people will say is uh she's not herself today. Right. And she's not herself today because she doesn't remember the story of her life anymore. Right. Damn, that's so real. It's literally the paragon of that of that example of example yeah. what we're saying yeah so i mean because the sense of self is so unstable and inherently actually like a false idea what we are is and that's why autofiction is interesting is that i believe that what brad phillips is is a story i've told myself about what, what brad phillips is and right now the story i've told myself is mostly a shitty one and about how I don't really deserve things. Okay. You know, and hopefully okay. that will change that story over time. Well, that's interesting that you feel this way or you, not a part of you feels this way about this book that's ascribed to Brad, that's written by Brad Phillips, which is your name that's still on your passport. Yeah. Uh, ostensibly. Yeah. And then you feel by laying that version of the story out, you feel you said oh you said almost embarrassed by it or just diff, different from yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean that's maybe you look at one narrative. You have to look at one narrative more yeah. clearly by putting it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trying to reason ways that putting intimate writing into the world is like going to be a good thing. <laughs> I mean, a lot of stories. A lot of the stories are seven years old, you know, and the way you're talking about it, and, you know, this yeah. idea of the seven-year-old changing self is a thing that we're told, but I mean, ultimately, we're changing, you know, every microsecond, and, uh, and that's what's both terrifying and hopeful about the experience of being alive, is that we can completely alter our identities based on the choices that we make but we are habitually wired to repeat the same behaviors over and over and over, which is why for me, like in neuroling, like in neuroplasticity, um, if I, if I freak out, right. My, my default response is to get angry or to run away. But if I can stop like for a second, if I can stop and like breathe or something, I can calm myself down and in that way, I can build the blocks of like a new Brad Phillips that has more control over his emotions. Yeah. You know? um, 
it's it's so esoteric, man. But like, you feel like that's possible. I do believe it's possible. Or else you wouldn't be still going. Yeah, I mean, that's how I've, I feel. That's how I feel. I feel the same way. Yeah, I would have checked out long ago if I didn't believe it was possible to change. Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's like I'm almost making myself like a like a dumb animal, like that's, just looking out the world with like my eye pieces. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like or trying to do a tap. I feel like my default is I get into like a neuro, like an activity neurosis. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is like I actually sometimes think it's foolproof until like usually it's my relationships that tell me it's not foolproof. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, but and when it's you, probably yeah. When you have it reflected back to you, you see the you see the kind of like false, the false of your of your confidence, but. Like, I like how you say, like, eyepieces. Like, I think of my mouth as, like, a mouth hole. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that being a dumb animal is, it's kind of better than being, like, you know, I think I'm a smart human. You exactly, know? whacked out. Yeah, mm. like, it's weird, dude. All of, <laughs> all of it's so weird. And, like, just being here is weird. And I found that, you know, a lot of people will say, uh, it's impossible to change. People can't change. Right. But what I found is that the people who say it's impossible for people to change, they're the people that can't change themselves. You know? Sure. So they sure. project that shit. You know, they're like, oh no, yeah. like you have to leave him. People can't change. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because they can't change, you know. So they believe that's true for everybody. For sure. But if I yeah. couldn't change, I wouldn't be sober. I wouldn't be writing. I wouldn't and be a good husband um i wouldn't be doing this podcast i'd be in a fucking alley like so of course of course you can change and that's well, the only thing yeah. That yeah. yeah it's good to have those uh, other people reflect shit back i feel like isolation can make people go crazy too um, yeah you feel like um was there people um that uh, reactions of people you did know from putting the book out that were sketchy no i mean i have so i have so few friends which is you know it's neither positive or negative but uh you know my mom wasn't allowed to read the book um, oh damn no nah, because i talk about her like for sure and stuff um, <laughs> for sure but no it's i just put it into the void you know and i don't know my audience is like me my wife, a couple friends. Otherwise, I don't really give a fuck. But it's nice that, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like a Pushkin quote, like, uh, you know, I write for pleasure, I publish for money. So, for me, like, my audience is really just me, my wife Christine, who's really smart, um, and then whoever kind of just like shows up. I like that one piece you did where you you do the you shoot the movie of the of the three people linking at the um at the doorstep uh of a cop and you know tell, telling their and then the, the narrator's wife comes home and then there she's like where are you gonna put this and he's like you're like i'm or he's like i'm just gonna just gonna hold this for myself yeah 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 like that that was a good that was like sometimes i think of that you only share stuff when i guess yeah when it's time to i don't know i felt less energy of like wanting to bomb everything out immediately um, I felt more patient with how I, yeah. I don't need to share everything yet. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, 
it, that that's like an ego thing for me like you know I'll make a painting the show's not six months away but you know I want I want to share it because I want the likes you know and okay yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes you got to pull on a thing yeah and I know that's tempting. I know that's a part of me that like I want to work on because no I do that too yeah it's tough man like and that's that's the contemporary situation we're in but ultimately like I want to be able to write for myself and not like send it out and be like publish this I want people to read this you know like right. and that's just like battling my desire for validation and for attention and for love and all that shit you know and uh yeah there's I feel like the the end of the essays and fictions was a lot uh dealing with like paternal stuff you know what I'm saying obviously yeah, yeah. like explicitly and then in that um, recent Moomoo guy, Moomoo House piece you dropped, there was like a lot of like mat mat matrilineal directed attention and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was interesting. Well, um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's auto fiction, but like, it's like the circumstance of life also making it like that. Yeah, like I kind of blew in my life again, you know, and like. What do you mean? Well, like that stuff that I wrote and that that Tao published is like you know my 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 mom does have cancer. My grandmother did just die recently. Um, I feel like a lot of times, like I used to, for me, like all my paintings are based on photos. And uh, my parents split up when I was real young, and my dad was the one who took pictures. So there's no documentation of my existence really from like the age of nine until I was like 22. Um, so I think a lot of times intense experiences that happen to me, the way that I process them is just to write them out. Totally. I don't think that's blowing your, I don't think that's blowing your life or anything. No, I mean, well, no, I just mean the subject of what I wrote was about blowing my life up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying by doing that. Because, I mean, I think a lot of times when you're feeling those things and then putting them out there, like, I feel like um, there's some of that. Sometimes there's, like, that energy in the air. Sometimes I'll hold on sharing something, and then I'll see it. Like, I was tapped into something that, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know, like, my yeah, my little sister's, like, out in japan like visiting my grandma and she's like 91 she sent me a picture of her the other day and yeah. i was just thinking about that a lot and then when i read that piece it was like hitting you know i mean do you um, feel like do you feel like writing helps you i think uh i think it i think it does i don't know i think it does because i usually just Oh, I think how I've been writing has been, I look at, nah, but then I'll do the same shit over and over again. I'll do the same shit over and over again, but that's how, I don't know. I think it does. I also, I don't actually, I don't actually think it's a question. Like, I feel like I've just been going in on stuff for, like, I don't think it's a question that it's what, I, it's what I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. I don't really yeah. go like, what if I didn't, but yeah, I feel like I want to find the way of writing that, that is helpful yeah. to me. I feel like that's a barometer of what it is, whether it's like looking at something really gnarly or yeah. trying to write in with a more like positive ethic or something, but that yeah. keeps changing too. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I it's feel, gotta. I feel, I feel like there's a real corniness in saying writing helps me feel better. Oh, um, for sure, dude. No, it's not like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, 
sometimes it just helps me feel better in the 35 seconds it takes to write it you know um, sure. but there's some wild shit in that book man like there's this story it's funny because some of the stuff that people think is fiction is the realest shit and some of the stuff people think is nonfiction is obviously whatever i lost my thought but like there's a story in that book about when i lived in a halfway house danny danny yeah i was just thinking about that bro yeah and this guy like getting his face pulverized Bruh. over the remote control with the table piece table leg yeah like his face turned to soup dude God damn dude that story a hundred percent true like that guy danny did do that shit like he chased a rooster butt naked high on crack like and you can't write that shit man and like i wrote that while i was in the halfway house damn like, you That's know cool stuff, dude. <laughs> I liked how that I like how that tone you're doing where it's like, yo, let me tell you about this shit real quick. Or like, let me let me let me tell you like it's I don't know. I, I think I, I, I like the effect that that has, whether or not I can ask you after and be like, did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it like that. But that's fucking wild, bro. Yeah, I like that one a lot. dude. That one stuck with me. Uh, because one thing I've worried about and like one thing I feel like there's been like a misperception about some of the writing is that it some people have thought like it glorifies drugs and i'm just thinking like no i keep saying it's bad like drugs fuck you up like they ruin yeah. your life like i'm not trying to and my goal was really to like write a book about if you got to write a book about drugs which already is sketchy as fuck is like i didn't want to glamorize it i wanted to write about how drugs if you're an addict just fucking kill you that's it like you know my life like just was a shambles dude for sure <laughs> i mean you you go in about all the different yeah effects you've been you've been clean off of stuff for a minute i use that's a dirty term in the, in the book you mentioned well i'd say a minute, is accurate. a minute i would say How a minute's accurate right now so yeah How you say it in the book, but how how long? I don't want to say. All right, bro. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't even know where I stand on all that shit. I'll oscillate. I'll be like super ascetic, like doing okay. elaborate juices, doing exercise, and then someone will put some drugs in front of me, and then I'll just eat them. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know, bro. I um, mean, for me, like I'm so old, dude, and so like. You know, I'm 47 and I started using when I was like 16. So like, I don't know. I've experienced like, I don't know. I just don't want anyone to read the book and be like, oh yeah, drugs are cool. Like, and if they do, because to me, and I encourage anybody to use drugs and I encourage anybody to stop using drugs. (laughs) You know, like it's not, it's not my place to say, but you know, from my perspective, like for me personally, I crushed my life multiple times, you know? And I know that I have the potential to burn my life down again. So uh, I just try to do pull-ups. For sure, dude. I love that. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's too it's too fucked up out here in the world to just be all nihilistic yourself. Yeah. Um, that's how yeah. I feel. Um, but that's good. It's getting nice and shit out here. It's been 60 for like two days. People are out and about. Yeah, it's beautiful um, here too. Hell Both yeah. Rocks. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, you got anything coming up that's about to be in the States or? No, not really. I mean, my wife, Christine, she had surgery a while ago. So we've been just trying to like get out, walk around. Um, I got a COVID test because my mom had been having chemo and I want to go visit her. Uh, spring clean in the house. Nice. Uh, I was really glad to get this show done because I wanted to get back to working on my book. Sweet. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel pretty peaced out. I just like doing a lot of like psychiatric homework. You reading anything that's like guiding your writing? Uh, I try not to read fiction. I just read the last Michelle Welbeck book, Serotonin, which is really good. Um, I'm reading Tao's new book. Oh, hell um, yeah, dude. It is good. But I try not to read fiction when I'm writing fiction, just in case style creeps in okay um so i just i just like bought a super like complicated book on modal realism and possible worlds like just Sick. more quantum, quantum physics yeah that's yeah. tight that's tight hell yeah dude um well i feel like that's pretty good for like a fucking combo rip if you feel good about it how do you feel yeah 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 sweet I feel bad I didn't ask you more questions. <laughs> nah, dude, it's good. It's good. That's my that's my podcasting technique. Just keep all right. Nah. Um, all right. All right.